Let's get together, talk about the movies that we saw this week. We'll have discussions, talk film news, we'll laugh a lot and act like geeks. Sometimes we'll have a guest or two, sometimes it's just the two of us. Let's crack some jokes and tell some folks to come along and hang with us! Mike and Mike go to the movies. Mike and Mike go to the movies. Yeah! You have chosen wisely. On the 14th day of the month of September... In an early year of a decade not too long before our own, Mike and Mike suddenly encountered a deadly threat to their very existence. And this terrifying enemy surfaced, as such enemies often do, in the seemingly most innocent and unlikely of places. A podcast intro. It's Mike and Mike going to the movies. I'm Mike Smith, and joining me as always is a man haunted by ghosts of the past and caught in a car chase with his friends. <laughs> Mike DiCuccio. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing just great, and I can't exactly place either of those and it's bothering me <laughs> uh well both of those uh will be movies represented on my list today okay uh so you'll you'll catch them later <laughs> got it all right uh yeah what's been going on in the life of my discretio not a ton uh it's it's kind of you know business as usual here getting excited to get into the spooky season swing of things using this as an excuse this this episode as an excuse to watch one or two things and be like <laughs> meet a little little creepy little guy rubbing my skeleton yeah. hands together so I'm excited for that but what about what about you Mike uh yeah the usual around here I've um, been working a lot actually we are ramping up for the Montana Film Festival at, at the Roxy theater uh, the indie theater near my house in Missoula Montana where I also work and the lineup is getting solidified and should be announced pretty soon oh. um, but it's really it's really Really exciting. There's a lot of really good stuff uh, in the festival this year. I mean, I have been part of the programming team this year, uh, and I don't want to take all the credit or anything, but I think <laughs> it's the strongest lineup <laughs> that we've had in quite some time. Really classed up the joint. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, a lot of people have been working really hard on it. Uh, Mike Evans, especially our programming coordinator, uh, our programming director, slash the one who's kind of really running the whole festival, and he he's really found a lot of great stuff uh, and we've been watching a lot of really cool stuff and I'm excited to share what that stuff will be in the near future. I'm sure maybe we'll have Emmons on at some point and we yeah. can talk about it. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've been kind of hard at work on that and other stuff at the Roxy. But yeah, like you said, uh, it is September. We are at like the cusp of spooky season. Is that right, Mike? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to be a weirdo about it, it's like in August is 100 days before Halloween. That's too much. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so my girlfriend loves Halloween. Um, yes. Is, is, a, is a big Halloween fan. And I get it. I, I love Halloween, too. Yeah, really, I, I prefer Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. But Halloween <laughs> 2 is fine. Uh, <laughs> you can't. You're not allowed Boom. to do that to yourself. <laughs> Got him. Um, but, uh, it was end of August and she was like, Hey, spirit Halloween opened up. We should go. And I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. We're not going to spirit until at least September. <laughs> at least I have to, I have to draw the line somewhere. Uh, so we, we have gone to spirit now. It is, okay. it is, it has officially happened. I've actually been there three times already. <laughs> um, what? I haven't bought anything yet, but I, I also made a deal where I don't have to go there again until October. So, All right. <laughs> so there's that. Um, but uh, anyway, what we're saying is that October is around the corner. Uh, we have Halloween coming up. And of course, that means a lot of spooky movies are going to be getting watched uh, by a lot of people uh, over the next month or so. Uh, and you came up with a really good idea for this episode, Mike. Oh, uh, so why don't you tell why don't you tell the people about it? 
Yeah, so um, we were talking about we had a we have a let's rank plan. We didn't know what we were going to be doing, and we just kind of popped into my head. What about gateway horror? Um, yeah, which you know I guess can mean a lot of things. I guess typically it'd be uh, broadly horror, scary movies, horror movies uh, that you w- might use to introduce someone that's not into horror movies in, in and introduce them to horror through these films. Could be young people. I have a couple like you know younger skewing films, and then some other. Stuff that is kind of like, you know, lay the foundations for someone before you're like, hey, watch Cannibal Holocaust, you know, or like some <laughs> fucked up shit. Um, hey, maybe start with some of these other things. So that was kind of the 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 thought process behind this week's episode for, yeah, for and, this Let's Rank. Yeah, I really love that idea. And so, yeah, today's Let's Rank is going to be Let's Rank Gateway Horror, uh, movies you would use to get somebody into horror films that maybe isn't into them already. And so for me, at least, I mean, I, I have a few that I'm like, oh, oh, this would be good to show somebody. Uh, and then a few that I kind of drew from as like, these are movies that got me into horror yeah. and would be fun to like show people to get them into horror. Yeah, I have a little bit of a mix because sometimes they're both. <laughs> you know, it's like, this got me into horror. Also, this is sort of for kids, maybe. Uh, and then there's other ones. And it's some. there's one movie in particular uh, that's not on my list, and that's, I guess I'll just talk about it here, and that's um, Halloween. The, okay, the, yeah, uh, also not on my list. I did throw it in as an honorable mention. Okay, and for a long time, I had this as, like, you know, it's. I mean, it is one of my favorite horror movies and stuff, but I had this in the, like, chamber for, like, if someone ever asked me, like, oh, what do I, no, I'm, I'm not into horror movies. Do you suggest anything? And I was, yes, uh, Halloween, for sure. And then a couple years ago, I watched it with some friends. We were hanging out and we weren't sure like what to pick. Like, you know, we wanted to watch a scary movie and it was that kind of situation. And they hadn't seen it before. They hadn't seen Halloween and they're my age. They're 30. And I was like, what the fuck? How are you? How are you alive? So I put on Halloween and just crickets did not land at all. Really? Which is bananas to me. It sounds like the problem here is that you need better friends. It might be my friends. But it also <laughs> might be one of those things that we talked about before, like with movies like The Goonies and stuff, where it's like, if you didn't get traumatized by this as a kid, slash don't have like nostalgia for it or whatever at this point as a 30 year old in the year 2022 or whatever it was, 21 when I watched it um, with my yeah. friends, like it just might not play to those kind of people anymore, uh, which is weird. It's crazy to think about. So I don't know. That was like, would normally have been on my list and uh, it's it's not going to be there because I don't, I don't know if it is an effective, effective gateway horror movie anymore, and, which is interesting. Weird. Yeah, it, it might be a better one to, uh, you know, show people after they've gotten into some horror movies yeah. and kind of appreciate it. It's a like, you want to see where a lot of these things originated from now. Come back to this right. movie instead of start <laughs> with this movie, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, Halloween not going to be on either of our lists. Uh, just throwing that out there. Interesting. If, if that upsets you, you can shut the podcast off right now. <laughs> <laughs> We don't want you. Get out of here. But yeah, so we've each come up with the top five. Is that right, Mike? Yes, correct. And I've got okay, a couple so we, extras too. Yeah, I have a few honorable mentions as well. Um, so yeah, we've each come up with the top five for Let's Rank Gateway Horror. Mike fumbled this intro, so I'm going to retake it for him. Now it's time. Let's Rank. It's time for Let's Rank Gateway Horror, the movies that uh, either got us into horror or movies we think would be good to get people into horror if you're going to show them something. Uh, So, Mike D, we'll start with you. What is your number five gateway horror film? Uh, My number five gateway horror film is 
It's, a, it's an old one, Mike. It's a th- it's a way back way back from 1948. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. <laughs> Um, and this is more of a Mike D origin pick than I think maybe a, uh, I, I saw that you just rewatched this in Letterboxd. Yeah. Uh, so this, this, it's all coming together. It's, it all tracks now, huh? Yeah. We had this, um, one of my dad's friends was one of those guys that, um, you know, had the, had the two VCRs and would do, make tapes and stuff. And it'd be one of those situations where you'd get a VHS tape and it'd have like four movies on it. And it'd just probably be the worst quality possible, uh, yeah. you know, type thing. And this was on there. We had a, it was a, like a couple tapes that was one was a lot of the Godzilla movies. Uh, well, I first saw Godzilla and Mechagodzilla, Mothra, and all those things, and then uh, a bunch of Abbott and Costello movies. And this was in that mix, so we would watch them all the time. And it's it's bananas to me now. You know, I saw this when I was I don't know ten, five, nine, eight. You know, yeah. who the hell I don't remember when I first saw it. But uh, it's bananas to me now to go back and look at something like this and realize that this is like an official Universal monster. Like. <laughs> So yeah. only the other Bill Lugosi, if I remember correctly, was only Dracula twice. It was the original Dracula and this. Yes, <laughs> it's just insane. This this was the equivalent of like the Avengers happening. <laughs> yeah. Like, exactly, but fucking wild. <laughs> um, but yeah, the story. Uh, Abbott Costello uh, play these kind of um, like baggage delivery guys. I don't really even know what they're supposed to be. Like they work in the luggage room at a train station or some shit. Um, yeah. And, uh, McDougal, uh, who runs this house of horrors, uh, gets these sh- shipments of the al- allegedly the real remains of Dracula and Frankenstein's monster and, um, must deliver them to his house of horrors. And then Lon Chaney Jr. calls as the, Stephen Talbot, the Talbot, the Wolfman from the the character from the Wolfman movie, which is the, that's the craziest shit for me also. And he's been tracking these monsters, and he they must help him destroy Dracula and Frankenstein's monster. And then Abbott and Costello shenanigans ensue from there. Basically, uh, yeah, you get it. <laughs> um, uh, but so it's it's not particularly a scary thing. It's just a lot of fun. It's a, a kind of grand silly adventure with these iconic monster movie characters and, and uh, the kind of origins of the modern horror, whatever you want to call it, monster movies are, are reflected here in Abbott and Costello beat Frankenstein. So I think this is a fun way into the universal monster, you know, oeuvre and, and mold and all that stuff. Uh, and then also the <laughs> introduce Evan and Costello to people because <laughs> more people should watch them. Yeah, absolutely. I saw this movie once when I was a kid. Uh, I got really into Abbott and Costello for a little while. Mm-hmm. You know, I think my dad showed me who's on first. And I'm like, I'm in. That's the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I got into who's on first and I watched uh, the naughty nineties, which is where the who's on first, not where it originated from. Cause they did that on vaudeville. Like they used to yeah. do it like pre movies, like just in vaudeville and stuff. But then they, that's the movie that has the routine in it. Mm. Um, and then, you know, I watched a couple of other ones. But yeah, Abbott and Costello beat Frankenstein was definitely like a blockbuster rental for, <laughs> for yeah. me at the time and uh, really loved it. Uh, and for whatever reason, I don't actually remember too much of the movie, but I do remember the final shot of the movie with the invisible man in the boat. Yeah. Uh, and he's, and he says something like, yes, it's me, the invisible man. And then the movie ends and you're like, Oh man. And then the next movie is Abner Costello meet the invisible man. I think, right. Yeah, I think so. There uh, is, there is definitely, and there is also an Abner Costello meet the mummy, I think too. Um, but yeah, I forget exactly what he says. There's some line of there, you know, they're like, Oh man, no more monsters for me. I don't want to deal with this ever again. And then there's like a match lit and he's like, well, that's a shame. I'm the invisible man. And they jump yeah. out of 
another robo. Yeah, it's something very silly like that. Yes. Which, side note, I, I actually watched The Invisible Man, the original Invisible Man, for the first time earlier this year. Uh, uh, that movie's incredible. <laughs> I've heard that that's like the, the low-key best one of those, and I have not seen it, actually. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's really funny because The Invisible Man is just a fucking psycho. <laughs> that is what I've heard. Yeah, that he's, he's just, just a straight-up murderous villain. Yes, uh, which is really fun. Um, but yeah, Abbott and Stella meet Frankenstein, I think a great gateway horror movie because it is, it's really a comedy. Like yeah. it's a comedy movie. Absolutely. <laughs> that, that uses horror elements. And it's 83 minutes. What more do you need? And it's 83 minutes. And I think it is a movie that, you know, I watched as a kid. Obviously, it was a big movie for you as a kid. And so, I you know, I, when doing this, I mean, a couple of these are more going to be like, you should be like at least a teenager to watch these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think when doing this list, I was really thinking about like the movies that like I would have liked when I was a kid. And a few of these are like movies that I watched when I was like eight or nine. Mm. Uh, and that kind of got me set on the path of like enjoying horror movies because I was not really a horror movie guy until maybe college, like high school, college. Yeah, um, same. But I got into a few select really big horror movies early on that like kind of set me on the path, I think. Yeah, I think I like I guess we kind of should have started with this a little bit, but um. A little bit more of my uh i didn't get like deep into horror until college and i think it was evil dead one it was on netflix nice and somebody i you know i had heard about this movie and but i think i th- i think i thought it was evil dead 2 like i didn't know that there was sequels and stuff like yeah so i was like oh this like weird horror comedy thing uh let me watch this and i was watching evil dead one and i was just like scared shitless and then I was like, you guys got to watch that. Like, and I make, made my friend, like my people on that lived on my hall all watch that. Yeah. On my the original floor. Evil Dead. I mean, Evil Dead 2, obviously more of a comedy. Army of Darkness, obviously a comedy. The original Evil Dead, legit scary. Yeah. Like a legit <laughs> scary movie. Straight uh, up. Uh, and uh, also, a movie, I, I put that in my honorable mentions as well, because that, like, the, I mean, that whole trilogy was very big for me in high school. Yeah. So that was kind of where I was like, oh, this is fun, actually. Uh, but there's, um, I kind of accidentally, like, kind of made, like, an arc a little bit of, <laughs> of out of my uh, picks. I don't know if. Okay. Necessarily going worst to best or whatever like that. Uh, but starting with Abbott and Costello, me Frankenstein at number five. Nice. So that's Mike's number five, Abbott and Costello, me Frankenstein. And then my number five is a more recent movie than, than that okay. one. Uh, this is from 2012. Uh, and it is Paranorman. Nice. Uh, directed by Chris Butler and Sam Fell uh, from Leica Studios, the stop motion animation studio. I had a little bit of a hard time deciding if I wanted to pick Paranorman or Coraline. Um, yeah. The the other Leica horror movie. I ultimately went with Paranorman. I think Coraline is scarier. And I think Coraline is ultimately maybe like a better movie. Cor- I mean, Coraline rules. That movie's incredible. Yeah. Paranorman also rules. I love Paranorman. And I think the reason I went with Paranorman is because it is a little bit lighter than Coraline. Uh, and so I think if if I, if I wanted to get like kids into horror movies, like if I wanted to get like an eight year old into into horror movies, I think Paranorman would be a very fun one because there is like scary elements to it. For sure. Uh, yeah. It's a it's a movie about this kid who is he sees dead people. He sees ghosts. He is basically the kid from the sixth sense. Yeah. And he lives in, I think, Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, and it's like, you know, the like the witching day, like the day of the witches burning and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, he has to go on this journey to uh, kind of avenge the death of this little girl who was wrong wrongfully accused as a witch uh, many, many hundreds of years ago. And it's a very fun, like Goonies-esque adventure for a lot of the time. It's, you know, Norman and these like group of kids, like these ramshackle group of kids, like his older sister who's played by Anna Kendrick and like the guy, the jock who she's interested in, but like he is completely oblivious to and like his best friend who is the jock's younger brother yeah. and like just this like dork loser kid played by uh, Christopher Mensplassa. And so it's so funny and so fun. And uh, the thing I referenced before earlier in my intro was uh 
what I calls you a man haunted by ghosts of the past and caught in a car chase with his friends. There's this incredible sequence in the movie where they are escaping like this house, like that they got the book of the dead from or whatever, uh, but they're being chased by zombies and they're just like going downhill in this runaway car. And it's so fun and so funny. And uh, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Paranorman rules. And I think the animation's incredible. I haven't seen it in a few years, um, but it is definitely a movie that like I saw in theaters really loved. And I feel like if you wanted to get a kid into horror movies, I think Paranorman would be a good place to start. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, this is definitely one of my like faves that I always forget about. I feel like Lake had like struggles with that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, cause I, I really love this movie Coraline and Kubo and the two strings. Yeah. Um, all three of those are fantastic. And I liked box trolls and, um, missing link, but those three men, I'm mean, Kubo especially is fucking incredible. Hell yeah. But yeah, Paranorman is great. I haven't seen it in a while either. Um, but the last time I did watch it, I remember just being like art, <laughs> like, you know, like <laughs> cinema. cinema. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And yeah, it has that that kind of like spooky tone that is also lighthearted, like, you know, Norman, like the zombies and stuff like are just like part of his reality, like there are ghosts and everything. And like there are they look creepy and all that weird shit, but they are not like inherently scary uh, yeah. until like the plot starts gets going and all that. So, yeah, this is a, a great, um, a great pick for like a gateway horror kind of thing. Nice. Thank you. All right. So that's my number five, which is Paranorman. Mike D, what's your number four? My number four pick. I thought about putting a movie here that also takes place in Salem, Massachusetts. Is it Hocus Pocus? That's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I was. I thought about putting Hocus Pocus here, but I'm. A movie that I don't like that much. To to save you, Mike, I am not including Hocus Pocus on this list. Uh, Let's see my other one. Instead, we're playing Hocus Pocus 2. (laughs) Yes. No, I I mean, I guess I'll talk about that at the end, uh, Hocus Pocus. But instead, let's go to uh, the the bayou way down in, in, uh, you know, New Orleans area with. uh, Zondali. (laughs) Zondali. (laughs) No. I'm talking about Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, Mike. I almost put that on this list, actually. Um, I, I didn't, and I'm so glad you did. I, this is a movie I think I had on VHS, like owned a copy of it, um, and would watch all the time. And yeah. I haven't seen it in, I can't, 15 years. I don't remember no, the last Mike, time. Mike, I can tell you exactly how long it's been since you've seen it. Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island was the very first Mike Makes Mike watch in 2020. Yes, it was. I don't remember that at all. It was 100% you watched it during COVID. Uh, <laughs> that sounds right. It sounds like I would have been in the the right mental state to be like, I need to revert to my childhood and have yes. watched. Um, and oh, the- now, now that I'm wondering, now that I'm thinking about it, you might have made me watch it. I, I probably I, did. I, yeah, it was either. But I also like I, I had seen it before. I was either me making you watch it or you make one of us watch Scooby Doo. <laughs> Producer Colin, check the minutes. Um, yeah. But- but yeah, anyway, I have, I don't remember <laughs> that clearly. Other than that, it is a classic Scooby-Doo uh, going to gang. The gang's going to solve a haunting or whatever, investigate a haunting. Um, and there's this like weird voodoo witch lady on an island and uh, she's got z- zombies. And um, scary. I feel like I remember it being like actually kind of scary as far as like being a Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so the weird thing about Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island and the other movies that kind of came out around that time, like the other direct to DVD, yeah. you know, direct TV movies. All of the Scooby-Doo TV shows are always like, they're not really monsters. They're guys in masks, right? right? Uh, and then every one of the movies is like, no, these are actual zombies. <laughs> That's right, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> these, are, these are voodoo cat monsters who have created zombies. Yeah, holy shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so I don't know. <laughs> it's like, why not introduce uh, introduce kids to uh, horror movies like this and, and the, the large 
comic sandwiches that Scooby-Doo and Shaggy will eat while being chased by zombies. Uh, yes. So yeah, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to, to mention that this movie exists and I remember really liking it as a little kid. And I guess I forgot that we watched it in 2020, but we did. Um, there it is. Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Also a banging soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, holy shit. Throw it out there. It's terror time again. Great song. So good. Rocks. <laughs> That's my number four pick. All right. So Mike's number four is Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. I'm glad you uh, chose that one. Mike, because mine is uh, way older than that one, actually, for my number four. And so uh, unlike Paranorman, which I think is a good like kids entry point into horror. Yeah, I think this is more of like, a you know, film student tr- g- going to take horror more seriously kind of route oh. here. My number four pick is The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, Whoa. directed by Robert Veen from 1920. And this is a silent German expressionistic horror film. Have you seen The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, Mike? I have. In a film class. <laughs> so, same. <laughs> so you're you're on the right track there. Um, but I have not seen it since then, I don't think. Uh, so I, I think this is, a, I mean, this movie is really fantastic. Um, it is, you know, uh, it's about this insane hypnotist who uh, uses this guy to commit murders. And that's basically it. He hypnotizes a guy and he has that guy kill people. And it was in 1920. It's a completely silent film. If you watch it, the aesthetic is so distinct and unique and very clearly like influenced uh, so many things going forward. If you've, ever seen a t- if you've ever seen a Tim Burton movie, uh, <laughs> you should really watch The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Yeah. Um, but I think this is a good like, you know, this is insane some ways like the original horror film uh in, in sort of right i mean this yeah it's like this and nosferatu were kind of around the same time i was gonna ask which one came first i don't remember but i yeah. think this was slightly earlier but uh yeah that kind of like german expressionism just kind of creates this incredibly tense like weird atmosphere uh and it's a really effective uh film i mean you know silent movies i think don't always land with college students yeah uh and i watched this in a college class uh, and everybody was like pretty into it. Like I, I remember, I, I remember people being really into it. Maybe it was just me who was really into it. I don't know, but I, I really loved, uh, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. I think in terms of just, you know, cinematic education, it's an important movie to watch, but also if you're trying to get into horror movies and you want to explore different avenues, uh, and you want to kind of see where it all came from, cabinet of Dr. Caligari is a great place to start. It's, it's not as accessible as something like Paranorman, right. uh, you know, <laughs> uh, but if you're somebody who has dipped your toe into horror a little bit and want to go back further if you're not uh intimidated by a silent film then the cabinet the cabinet of dr caligari uh well worth checking out it's it's really fantastic a favorite of both nicholas cage and martin scorsese i was gonna bring up uh if you just recently watched the unbearable weight of massive talent and you want to understand what nick cage is talking about (laughs) yes um, go back and watch cabinet of dr caligari and i would also like to pleasantly report according to according to letterboxd on january 23rd 2020 mike smith reviewed Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island and you said banging soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) Three stars, banging soundtrack. Great, love it. Uh, (laughs) I have nothing if not incredibly predictable uh, as... (laughs) As far as that goes. It's very consistent in your opinions on soundtracks. Yes, uh, of course. It's a banging soundtrack. It's It's great. 
It's fantastic. Uh, did you had did you rate it? Did you had you watched it? Um, no, and I I mean I no yeah I didn't rate it for some reason. I was just, I was looking at you know when you create a list on Letterbox it shows you like the percentage you viewed and it's like ninety three percent. I'm like why is it? What is this? And that's the only one I haven't rated. <laughs> like, ah okay. So I I didn't rate it at the time um, or didn't log that I had watched it. Interesting. Um, but I mean maybe it was you that made me watch it. I'm, I'm not uh, presumably because possible. Yeah I, I don't know I don't remember. I, I just know for sure it was the very first Mike. Mike watch. That would track like it in was, January 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. January 2020. That's when you that's when you reviewed it. January 23rd, 2020. Interesting. Cause because we would have started doing that in like April or May of 2020 after everything had shut down. The Mike makes we Mike just watches. ran out of content. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. There were no movies coming out. Um so I think I think maybe you had selected me to watch it and I was like, I just watched it. <laughs> yeah, or maybe that's why you made me watch it, is because you had just watched it. Oh, uh, that might be it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Well, we'll uh we'll, we'll have to go back and check the minutes on that one. But, anyway. Uh, anyway, The Cabinet of Dr. Calgary, my number four gateway horror movie. Mike, what is your number three? My number three is less of a horror movie, more of just a, a cinematic masterpiece, perfect height of late 90s action with a tinge of horror. Yeah. And of course, I'm talking about Stephen Summers' The Mummy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew this would be on your list. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, I am predictable. Uh, yeah. There, there was no chance the mummy wasn't going to make it on this list. Zero <laughs> percent chance. You're lucky it's not number one. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I remember seeing this in theaters, which in 1999 would have been I was eight, which is right. insane. And uh, yeah, I just remember being outright terrified by all the like weird afterlife stuff in particular it's that like the third act things where Emotep is is trying to like resurrect uh Noxy to moon and his like souls being ripped out and all that weird shit going on with like the weird oil pool thing or something at the end yep um that stuff really creeped me out but on top of that you know just an old an old-fashioned throwback i don't we don't need to talk about the mummy <laughs> old-fashioned throwback <laughs> indiana jones action adventure uh fun weird supernatural scary stuff with uh mummies and skeletons and zombies and shit and it rules and this movie's perfect and i love it and uh, it scared the pants off me when i was eight and i think you know if you're a young teen uh, maybe 11 12 somewhere in there i think it'd still be in the scary zone before you're like i'm too old for this uh yeah, but yeah the mummy number three Nice. Yeah. Uh, I recently rewatched The Mummy um, before we talked about The Mummy 3 on the Michelle Yeoh podcast. Yes. Uh, and yeah, I mean, the movie holds up. It's really fun. Uh, I hadn't seen it in so long. Like, I mean, I, I don't think I had watched it in full since maybe high school. What? Uh, you don't watch it I... like three, four times a year? <laughs> Alas, I do not. <laughs> That, that is not a movie for me that uh, that I do that with, uh, unlike my Decrescio. But uh, yeah, but I, I really enjoyed it. It's very, it's very fun. And there are some sequences in there that are like, oh, man, if you were a kid watching this, that's pretty scary. Yeah, fun fun times. Yes. Uh, so Mike's number three, to no one's surprise, uh, <laughs> is is The Mummy from 1999. Uh, my number three um, is going to be... Uh, so my here's my thinking in choosing this movie as my number three. In terms of gateway horror... Right? Is it like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang or some weird it's, shit? It's not Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> but I, th I think when uh, we're kind of making this list, I think the idea behind some of these picks is like, oh, you want to like ease people into the genre a little bit, yeah. like get them, you know, maybe something a little kid friendly or something that's like, you know, funny as well as like scary and all that kind of stuff. My thinking behind this pick is that what if we just like threw them into the deep end and see what happens? Into it. And so my number three is 1977's House. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, okay, okay. The the uh, Japanese horror film uh, directed by uh, Nobuhiko Obayashi. And this is a movie that uh, I watched for the first time when I was like 16. I had heard a friend talk about it once. And then I happened to be awake at two in the morning. And I was like, oh, what's on TCM right now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so at two in the morning, TCM does TCM Underground, uh, where they show, you know, weirder cults, horror, exploitation, all that kind of stuff. I don't think they do that anymore because mm-hmm. David Zaslav destroyed it. Yep. Uh, but for a long time, <laughs> TCM Underground was a great place to watch those kinds of movies. And so I was 16. I was awake at two in the morning. And... House was starting, also known as House Zoo, but House is the name of the movie. Yeah. And this is, I I can describe it as the Japanese version of The Evil Dead, but uh, released a few years before Evil Dead came out. It's about this uh, group of girls who uh, go off on a trip. Uh, they stay at one of their aunt's house and uh, the craziest shit ever happens. <laughs> <laughs> I had just heard on some podcast, and I don't know if this is true or not. Uh, maybe you'll be able to ch- fact check me. Um, that the writer or director or whoever of this movie uh, was like, okay, I'm making a scary movie. I don't know what to do. And he asked like his niece, who's who's like a toddler or something, was like, if you were going to make a scary movie in a, in a haunted house, what would happen? And she was like, a piano would eat somebody. Uh, somebody would turn into a cat. Uh, and like she named all the set pieces, like it was like all the set pieces. And then he went and made this movie. <laughs> um, I mean, that's amazing. I have not heard that before. I hope it's true. I don't know. That's fantastic. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, all that kind of stuff happens. Uh, you know, a girl's head comes off and it like just starts biting people on the, on the butt. Yeah. yeah. Piano eats somebody. There are disembodied fingers playing the piano and there's a skeleton dancing. Uh, there's a cat with glowing green eyes. It's it's a movie that is like truly a fever dream, like truly, I think, a truly scary movie, but also like a pretty funny movie, too. Yeah, uh, it's it's truly like bewildering. And I think if you're in if you're trying to get somebody into horror and I think throwing them in the de- I think throwing them in the deep end with house might not be the worst idea because it's kind of showing them like this is what horror is capable of. You know, like this is yeah. like. <laughs> This is what the genre can be if you want it to be. You know, <laughs> I think I think that's a really interesting take on this because it is it is definitely the deep end as far as like experimental movies or and every and yeah. horror movies and all it's that. It's weird shit. Yeah, it is weird shit. But it, I I remember it not being particularly like traumatic or like you know like I like jokes yeah. about like Cannibal Holocaust or like shit like that. Sure, it's yeah. not that deep end. It's it's no, like a, it's yeah. a very different kind of movie. Um, yeah, was I did I I showed you this? You movie, made me I watch think, this, actually. Yeah, yeah, I made you watch this. <laughs> yeah, um, and I thank you for it. But um, yeah, I don't remember it being like particularly like scary. I don't know. It's also not like hereditary or something like that. Which oh I, yeah yeah. You know what I mean? Like so, I think that this is like a a really great like. Can you handle this kind of shit <laughs> kind of movie right. uh, for House without it, it being like a ruining a friendship kind of thing? You know? Exactly. Yeah. Like, like it'll, I mean, maybe it'll ruin a friendship. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> my, my friendship with uh, Kyle, who's editing this podcast right now, was severely tested when I made him watch The Evil Dead. That was definitely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up. But yeah, House is is so fun. Uh, it was one of the very first Criterion Collection discs I ever bought. Nice. Uh, and yeah, well worth it. Still have it, and it's the best. Uh, I haven't seen it in, in a while, uh, and I hope to watch it again soon. It's great. My friend, my friends and I were actually just talking about this movie because somebody referenced in the Discord, and I don't remember how, um, the other, the American movie House, that's like the poster is like the skeleton the, hand ringing the doorbell. Yeah, from the 80s, right? Yeah, and I thought he was talking about this movie, of like the Japanese one, and I was like, what, you've seen House? Like, oh my God, that's what we were talking about it, and then we were like, wait, we're talking about different things. Yeah. I don't remember that part. What are you 
you talking about? Uh, yeah, two different houses. Two different uh, houses. So anyway, <laughs> watch Houzu. Uh, yeah, yes, exactly. House, a.k.a. Houzu, uh, from 1977. Uh, that is my number three gateway horror pick. Nice. Um, so my number two gateway horror pick, this is an actual, you know, if actually a couple of my friends, uh, have been like, I, I wanted to like start watching some of the classics. I want to like try out horror, you know, let me know what, what should I watch? Uh, and I have actually suggested this one to success. Uh, and that is Toby Hooper's Poltergeist. Oh shit. Well, you just took my number one. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Um, yeah, I feel like this is the, the kind of, and well, I guess we'll talk about it more uh when you pick it but uh the the perfect blend i think it's got it's very funny uh it's got that amblin uh stuff you know like scary but kids but like not terrifying but also yeah. there's a giant gi- scary clown giant tree i don't know it's fucking terrifying uh yeah <laughs> you know? the, the movie opens with that like idyllic spielbergian suburb suburb yeah, right white picket fence know. the whole thing yeah um and just the like you move you move the headstones but you left the bo- i don't know perfect <laughs> mm-hmm. chef's kiss so yeah poltergeist i feel like this is that kind of like perfect balance between like do you actually scary but also very funny and uh you know dude rips his face off that's fucked up that's that's pretty extreme gore for somebody that might not be prepared for that or for or be into horror movies so yeah We'll talk. I guess we'll talk about it more on, on your number one pick. Yeah, let's say, let's save Polter, let's save the Poltergeist discussion because yeah, it is my number one, and so that'll be coming up uh, in just a few minutes. Uh, so Mike's number two is Poltergeist. Yes, uh, my number two is from 1986. Uh, it is a horror comedy musical, and that is Little Shop of Horrors. Nice. Which uh, is what I, which is what my intro was, Mike. Uh, just to throw that out there, that's uh, what my. So you've seen Little Shop of Horrors, I assume, right? I have, but actually, only recently, within the last couple of years, um, I had seen the play version somehow, and then was like, I'm good, uh, <laughs> and just never went back and actually watched the movie, which is bananas. Um, yeah. So Little Shop of Horrors has a weird uh, history because it started off. It was a Roger Corman B movie in 1960. Yeah. Uh, that was called The Little Shop of Horrors. It has a brief appearance from Jack Nicholson in it, which is uh, awesome. I've seen that version. Yes. And I've seen that too as well. Um, And so that movie existed in 1960, you know, just a small B movie thing. And then in the early eighties, they developed it into a Broadway musical. Uh, And uh, a Broadway musical was developed based on that movie, uh, but obviously took a very different approach to it. And then there was a movie in 1986 based on the Broadway musical, which featured Rick Moranis as Seymour and Frank Oz's Little Shop of Horrors uh, is a personal favorite of mine. I love this movie. Uh, this is a movie I saw when I was maybe 10 uh, and just really felt like fell hard for it. Uh, mm. Just in terms of like, I loved all the music. I loved all the songs and stuff. Uh, I loved all the characters and all of that. And I specifically remember this movie traumatizing my little brother. Um, really? Who was, uh, yeah. So I was, yeah, I must've been 10 and he must've been like five when we watched Little Shop of Horrors. And uh, yeah, the plant eating people. No, nah, he was not a fan. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> he was not into it. Um, but, you know, I, I think he got over that. And eventually, I think we watched it the next day in the daylight and he enjoyed it. Uh, he, he had a good time. But, uh, yeah, this was like a childhood favorite of mine. It was one that I showed a lot of my friends like back then when I was 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were like, let's play Son of the Hedgehog. And we're like, no, we got to watch <laughs> Little Shop of Horrors. Put that shit down. We're watching Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> yeah. It is time to put childish things away. We must be men now. And watch. <laughs> 
<laughs> Little Shop of Horrors. And yeah, I, I really love this movie and this musical. Uh, I ended up doing the sound for this musical in my high school a few years later. I think everything about this is so funny and fun. And the soundtrack is it's a banging soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and uh, and I think there is actual, you know, horror here. There is actual like actual scary stuff in the movie. Audrey, too, is a scary villain yeah. uh, in the film. But it's also got Steve Martin doing his one of his career best performances as the evil dentist. And it's got this like schlubby Rick Moranis and, uh, you know, uh, Ellen Green is Audrey one. And uh, yeah, it, it's got this very like kooky tone to it. And like cameos from so many comedic people like Christopher Guest and Bill Murray, John Candy. They all pop up in this movie. Uh, so, yeah, I love Little Shop of Horrors, and I think it's a good, like, gateway horror movie. Like, it's not really a horror movie, but if you're young enough, it is. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good one to watch. So, yeah, little my number two, Little Shop of Horrors. And, and I guess it depends on what uh, what ending you watch, right? Because the version I watched is, I think, the director's cut, which is, like, the kaiju ending Yeah, thing. so we definitely talked about this at some yeah, point. Maybe I watched it, was it within or, the last three years, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the theatrical ending ends with Seymour winning, um, okay. which is not how the plot ends the play ends with the plant winning but the the theatrical ending of the movie uh seymour wins i think because test audiences were like too attached to seymour and audrey's characters to yeah. see them get eaten by the plants <laughs> uh and I, I love both endings to be clear um but the, the theatrical one is the one that is like right in my head mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. because it's the one i grew up with but yeah the the theatrical ends with a, a song called mean green mother from out of space which is not in the play uh and it's like the kind of big battle between seymour and audrey too and he uh ultimately electrocutes audrey too and kills it and all that stuff and then there's a smiling like tiny little plant at the end to to imply that like oh maybe audrey too will come back right you know uh but then yeah there's the director's cut which involves seymour and audrey dying and the plant taking over the world <laughs> yeah 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 it's very funny turns into like a 50s alien invasion movie uh for the yeah, last like five it, minutes it's it's suddenly black and white it's the yeah. whole thing <laughs> it's crazy and what was to totally uh make a divergence um what what did what was ellen green right is she's audrey one is that what you said yeah she's audrey one she she plays audrey what was wasn't she in, was she in a goldblum movie or something yeah really? she was in uh i think she was in two of them actually but i, I think notably next up greenwich village was the one that she was in that was it but yeah there that, was i think she, i think she was in another one too that might have been when i watched uh little shop of horrors it was like after we covered next stop greenwich oh, village really? and we like talked about it that she was in that and i was like huh, i don't think i've ever actually seen this movie um so i went back and watched it uh yeah, she she's in Next Up Grand Village, and she's also in Fathers and Sons. Who could forget the <laughs> the, the the psychic dolphin? No, right? Is that the Fathers? Oh no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's the psychic dolphin movie. Yep. Who could forget? <laughs> so, uh, young Samuel Jackson, if I remember correctly. Um, you are correct. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Little Shop of Horrors, great movie. <laughs> yeah, a Little Shop of Horrors, fantastic. Love it, and I think it's a good gateway horror movie. So that is my number two. Number two, my number one movie is as as foundational a text as you could probably get uh, for Mike T, for me. Um, I don't remember a time before I had seen uh, Steven Spielberg's Jaws. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, a great choice, and that is in my honorable mentions also. Yes. Um, and yeah, I don't remember a time, but like I said, before I had seen this, and just like so so profoundly traumatized me. The 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 Ben Gardner dead jump scare, dead head thing, jump scare when the Hooper's uh, investigating the shipwreck in the harbor or whatever, like the top 10 number one jump scare, the only the only permissible jump scare that there ever has been <laughs> <laughs> is when that creepy 
dead face floats in front of the the hole in the boat. Um, and yeah, yeah the, weird, the, the weird thing about that is like I've seen Jaws a million times and I always forget it's coming up every or time. If I, or or if I remember, I like forget when it happens. <laughs> like I forget like exactly like the moment it's gonna happen. Yeah. And so I still get I still jump. I'm still <laughs> it's still a jump scare every time. And yeah, a perfect movie, the perfect suspense, everything about about it, of course. Um, and you know. I grew up on Long Island, and of course, the movie is filmed on Martha's Vineyard. Yep, but it's Long Island. You know the book. Yeah, the yeah, book yeah, takes place. It's supposed to be Long Island. Uh, so anytime I would go to the beach, which on Long Island is all the time, <laughs> just yeah. just hearing the Jaws theme <laughs> every single time you go in the water. Pools. This movie scared me so much as a little kid. I was afraid of the dark blue carpet in my bedroom. <laughs> Because it looked like the ocean. That's how profoundly scared I was of this movie. So maybe I saw this too young. I don't know. Um, but um, yeah, I think this is, you know, even even as an adult, uh, a perfect scary movie. You know, I, people might be like, well, it's not really a horror movie. It's a monster movie. Come on. You know. Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Number one, Jaws. Nice. I mean, so I listed Jaws as an honorable mention. I mean, Jaws is the movie. If like somebody asks me what my favorite movie is, my default answer is always Jaws. Like Great. it's just, yeah. it, you know, it's, it is probably my favorite movie. Um, you know, I mean, it's such a big question that I like, don't want to <laughs> be like, pick. Yeah. you know, I can't pick. And then it's, it's always like a weird thing when like a non movie person asks you what your favorite movie is. You want to pick something that like they've heard of. So you don't right. have to like deal with a whole, like, it's like, oh yeah, my, favorite movie is like Gaspar Noe's climax or whatever. Yeah. Like that's, it's a German why, expression. I, I don't know why that came up. Uh, <laughs> you just talked about cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which you could have easily gone. <laughs> <laughs> but so I think jaws is like, you know, it's a, it's a well-known popular movie that I do consider among my favorites. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I do just kind of fall back on jaws. I didn't put it in my list, uh, even though I do consider it a perfect gateway horror movie. Um, partially because I think growing up and I like you, I can't remember a time when I haven't seen jaws. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, I think growing up, I don't, I don't, I, I think I'm one of those person, people who like didn't consider Jaws to be a horror movie. Like right, maybe it didn't yeah. scare me in that same way. I really, I mean, I really loved it. Um, and I grew to really, really love it as the years went on. And, and as the years went on, really realized that, yeah, obviously this is a horror movie, like to, no question. Um, so it, to that end, I think it actually is a good gateway horror movie just in terms of like, it's sort of disguised as not a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, is, it is a little bit of a like, well, actually it is a horror movie. You know, like it is a little yeah. bit of that move to put that on, put it on this list. Um, like I, I considered it, I think more of a thriller, I think at the time is, <laughs> which is a real, <laughs> it's a real, th uh, threadbare distinction between the two, you know, <laughs> I'm watching, I'm picturing 10 year old you. Watching, <laughs> watching a uh, little shop of horrors. Be like, well, it doesn't quite right raise to the, uh, the the level of horror as Jaws does, but you know, or whatever. Um, right. Sorry, just like real film film Twitter yeah. bro <laughs> at ten. Yeah, I mean a little bit, um, but uh, but I, I, that's a real like threadbare distinction, yeah, like you yeah. know, thriller or horror or whatever. But yeah, I, I always really loved Jaws, uh, and I'm glad to see it on your list. I, it certainly deserves a number one spot, but I just had like five other movies I wanted to highlight uh, more in terms of like what I consider like gateway horror, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, but Jaws very much is gateway horror uh, and should be on there. And it is an honorable mention for me. It is, like I said, among my favorite movies of all time. Right. It's the best. <laughs> that's it's the, the best thing, thing ever. That's the thing about Jaws is that like kind of any Letrank, we could put this at number one. <laughs> oh, sure. 
It's no completely unrelated un- topics. Yeah. You know, we did, we did like a let's rank Mel Brooks movies once. It'd be like, we could probably figure out a way to put Jaws in the list. <laughs> you probably produced it or some shit. No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that would be quite a twist to find out. But yeah, right? he also produced like fucking like Elephant Man oh, that's and was, uh, The yeah, Fly, thinking, yeah. right? So <laughs> uh, would The Fly be a good gateway horror movie? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. My I, dad I think he, actually recently, like within the last month, watched The Fly on, you know, whatever, fucking FX or some shit, whatever it was on yeah. TV. And he was like, you know, now anytime my parents watch a Nicolas Cage, Jeff Goldblum or Michelle Yeoh movie, they have to tell me about it. <laughs> 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 and that makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, and he was like, I was too grossed out. I had to turn it off. <laughs> I was like, that's crazy. Um, had he seen it before? Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. I probably saw it when it came out. Um, yeah. But so th- that is all to say that, like, I don't think it's a fly. I think the fly is too extreme to be like, yeah, it's your first horror movie. Check out this. Yeah. No, and, and I know, uh, you know, we mentioned him already, but uh, Kyle, who's editing this podcast right now, Kyle, if you feel like weighing in, feel free. Just like insert a uh, <laughs> recording. Uh, I know Kyle has a story about like he has never been a horror movie guy. Right. Like d- does Famously. not like horror movies. Famously does not like horror movies. Also hasn't seen the Terminator like a fucking weirdo. <laughs> um <laughs> Have you seen Jaws, Kyle? You got to let us know. Jeez, I I really hope Kyle's seen Jaws. I'll be really upset if he hasn't. But I do know that Kyle saw The Fly at a very young age. Whoa. Um, Or at least walked into a room where The Fly was playing. (laughs) That was what I referenced uh, with my Carrie story last time uh, at the end of last episode. Okay. Okay. But I'm, I'm very interested to hear Kyle's. <laughs> yeah, Kyle, if you want to chime in with your fly story, uh, absolutely go ahead. Um, but yeah, from what I understand, Kyle walked into a room where the fly was playing, and I think it turned him off horror movies forever. <laughs> Never been the same. <laughs> yes, exactly. So back when I was a wee lad, um, I was hanging out with a friend who lived down the road, and we were in his basement, and his father, this is, this is the early 2000s, late 90s, so I was, I was wee a wee lad his father had a big screen tv and at the time that was unheard of uh i had like a 30 inch tv in my parents living room but he had a big screen like flat screen tv like full like home theater setup with speakers and everything and we were playing in one room and his father was watching the fly in the other room and i remember walking out and it was the scene where Jeff Goldblum is transforming into the fly and his jaw like falls off of his body. And I still like, I have this like visceral memory of that scene. And I, I like ugh, just, just thinking about it is like giving me goosebumps right now. I fucking hated it so much. And to this day, I did, I don't even like when it comes up in conversation. Like it makes me so uncomfortable and I hate it and I hate it so fucking much. <laughs> And yes, Mike, I have seen Jaws, so don't shame me for that. Uh, so yeah, The Fly, not a good gateway horror movie, I don't no. think. Um, but let's get into my number one. Yes. Uh, which was also Mike's number two, and that is Poltergeist, uh, directed by Toby Hooper from 1982. And the reason I chose this as my number one is because I do consider this my gateway horror film. Oh. Like This is the movie that got me into horror movies. Interesting. Makes sense. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, you know, and my story with Poltergeist, I I think I was about 10 or 11 when I watched it and was really taken with it. Like I was really scared by it, but it was, so a lot of movies that like Poltergeist or like, you know, classics that I hadn't seen before at that age uh, were movies that my dad had shown me. Like my dad would be like, Oh yeah. I think it was my dad's idea to watch little Shep of horrors. It was my dad's idea to watch jaws. Like all that stuff. Uh, Show me star Wars trilogy, all, all that stuff. But Poltergeist, I think happened to be on TV uh, or my mom turned it on oh. uh, 
and it was, I think it happened to be on like one of the HBO channels or something. And it was just starting. And my mom was like, Hey, have you ever seen Poltergeist? Uh, and I was like, no, I'll watch it. Sure. No, uh, I'm 10. <laughs> no, I'm 10. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I ended up watching Poltergeist with my mom. And, uh, that's one of the very few, uh, like movie memories I had with my mom of like her showing me a movie I hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Poltergeist, it's an incredible movie. It's, it, it is, you know, directed by Toby Hooper, produced by Steven Spielberg. That has always been the kind of like debate about like, well, Spielberg really directed right. it, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And I think that debate comes from people who like, don't know the rest of Toby Hooper's career. Right. Cause for, for me, for a very long time, Toby Hooper was the guy who is credited as the director of Poltergeist. Years later, I found out he directed Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Like, what the fuck? Like, what? And then I watched Texas Chainsaw, and I was like, I think Toby Hooper might have actually directed Poltergeist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I've turned around on this. Um, but the, the story has always gone that Spielberg, because um, he was directing E.T. at the time, so he wanted to direct Poltergeist, but couldn't because he was directing E.T., and so he hired Toby Hooper to make the movie and was a very hands-on producer, from what I understand, um, and was there on set helping out and stuff, but it is Toby Hooper's movie. And, yeah, it really feels like it's, it's it feels like a really terrific blend of both of their styles honestly like it does feel like you have like i mentioned before that kind of idyllic suburb with the kids and the bikes going through the streets and all that kind of stuff that that perfect neighborhood and then toby hooper comes in and fucking wrecks it like it's yeah it's uh it's really great i think it's the mundanity mundanity i don't even know what that word is mundaneness of the, the haunting at the start uh where it's just like the mom and the kid like sliding across the floor and they're just like isn't this fucking cool look at the chairs moving you know uh, and just like that kind of thing. And, and the daughter's already bored by that point when the dad comes home, like they've been doing this for hours. And then the, like the slow escalation into the insanity and the, the corpses in the pool and, and all that shit or the, the hole for the pool. Um, yeah. and, uh, the, the, the clown doll is the scariest image that's ever been put on film. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Right? That, I mean, that, that's the moment that like really traumatized me with Poltergeist uh, when yeah. I saw that when I was 10. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's the thing about it. The movie's rated PG. Uh, (laughs) yeah you know and so it's i mean granted it was before the pg-13 rating existed if it did i'm sure it would have been pg-13 at least but the movie's rated pg and it does feel like fairly family friendly and even though it is scary it is scary in a way that i think kids can handle yeah and and true and it's like truly scary it's a terrifying movie Yeah. And, and just like the way it all moves through, like the right, the like actual like paranormal investigator guys that come and they're there. That section, I, like, I don't really remember the last time I watched it. I was like, they're in this movie for a lot longer than I thought they were. Yeah. Where they're just like kind of scientifically trying to prove what's going on. And then they just all get scared out of the house because there's like the shit is real for once. Um, and they're like, nope. And they all take off and run until uh, is it Zelda Rubenstein or Rubenstein comes up? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the, of course, the don't go to the light and everything. And just to plug uh, a way back episode on I Was There Too, uh, the podcast, Matt Gorley's podcast. He has the guy that rips his face off. That actor is an episode of I Was There Too. And it's a yeah, he's a, he's actually two episodes of that show because he was also like Spielberg's assistant on Raiders of the Lost Ark or oh, something. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. You're right. So it's like two yeah. episodes in a row. That's like Raiders and then the Poltergeist episode, which yeah. is very good. That was a great podcast. I, I miss, miss it so much. I miss it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, Poltergeist, great movie. Love it. Yeah. Poltergeist. Fantastic. I think a perfect, uh, gateway horror movie. It was, it's the movie that I always credit as the movie that got me into horror movies. Uh, and so I like when, when you kind of pitched this list, I was like, all right, I got number one down. Like I know what number one is. <laughs> yeah. My number one was Jaws immediately. And of course, yeah. Jaws is Poltergeist. And, uh, yeah, I didn't put Carrie on here or in my honorable mentions cause I kind of forgot about it a little bit. Um, but that was that movie for me where I was staying at my aunt and uncle's house and I don't remember why. And I like, couldn't fall asleep. And so like I went into the living room and my uncle was watching Carrie and to me, it feels like it was four in the morning, but it was probably like 9 PM. I don't, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, and I just kind of like casually sat down on the couch and watched the end of Carrie with him and it fucked me up. The movies, the end of that movie is real scary, but I don't remember like, you know, I haven't seen it in a while. And I don't really remember the first half and how like actually scary it is. Uh, sure. So I didn't want to like throw it on here, but that's my like first air quotes, first horror, uh, grown up horror movie that I watched, you know? Gotcha. I actually also put Carrie as an honorable mention. Okay. Um, you know, and I, and I think it is a, you know, it, it's, I think it would be a good gateway horror movie because it is for the most part, you know, a high school drama. Like, right. it's, you know, the first half of the movie, it's really just, you know, Carrie is an unpopular girl at this school and she has weird powers. I huh, wonder what's going to happen there. And her mom's uh, mean. <laughs> and her mom is mean. They're all going to laugh at you and all, all that. Um, and so, uh, yeah, as the movie like kind of escalates and escalates, it builds to that crescendo moment at the prom where she gets covered in the pig's blood and then, you know, she just goes nuts in the entire town. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I think it, it it's a good gateway horror because it kind of starts you, uh, it starts you off at zero zero and then it escalates like throughout you of know course. what i mean and then the the, the classic fake out ending oh, yes it's a fake out ending but hand coming through the grave and all that yeah absolutely you have any other album mentions mike that you wanted to mention on your list um yeah sure uh hocus pocus i didn't put it on the main list as a favor to you <laughs> <laughs> I, a movie that i I still don't really like, but I have grown a slight appreciation for, I think. Fair. Um, yeah, mostly because my girlfriend is a big fan of it. Yeah. And so she has made me watch it a couple of times. <laughs> I, I saw it at a drive-in in 2020, and then I saw it again last year. We actually played it at the Roxy Theater, the Inner Theater of my house in Missoula, Montana, where I also work, and we went. It was a sold-out show. People loved it. So I, I got the audience experience, and that kind of helped okay. a little bit. Uh, we're also playing it for like a full week at the Roxy this uh, October. I'm, I'm uh, on my way. Can't so, wait. Yeah. um but yeah hocus pocus a movie that uh i don't love but i recognize the others too (laughs) yeah so i i watched this as a a kid a ton Uh, i was always one of my faves with the like you know 31 days of halloween or whatever i don't remember where this used to air abc family disney whatever and then in college I like remembered it and bought it at FYE because we had it super cheap when I worked there and I made like a bunch of my roommates and stuff and we were like, do you guys remember this movie? And we watched it and just like nothing. <laughs> they were like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, well, whatever. Um, so I was like, maybe I was wrong. Maybe it was the nostalgia glasses, you know? And then in uh. 2019, a bunch of my friends and I rented a cabin and we were all there watching a bunch of movies, doing, doing cabin stuff. We were all drunk and we watched Hocus Pocus and it was like one of the most fun things we did that weekend. <laughs> it was like drink and watch Hocus Pocus at yeah. at twenty eight or whatever we were. Uh, yeah, it, it was a real vindication moment. Yeah. Uh, for you. And I <laughs> yeah. was like, I am correct. I knew it. Um, so I'm getting on board the re- the reclamation train of Hocus Pocus that never really left. It was always it being reclaimed. So yeah. that's. I, I hope you have that moment with uh, Halloween a few years from now, where you watch it with a different group of friends. And uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I know that. 
that was them. I love Halloween. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> um, but also on here, Gremlins, of course. I also have Gremlins, yeah. Yeah, but th- this is a movie that I did watch a lot as a young kid, but didn't have like the the nostalgia affection for. Um, so like I don't, I didn't want to put it on my main list, but it is squarely in this uh, category, I think. Um, yeah. And then the other one that I have uh, is Tremors because I fucking love that movie. I thought about Tremors too. It's kind of scary, mostly pretty funny. <laughs> Um, cool, cool monsters. Uh, yeah, Tremors. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I haven't watched Tremors recently, and like I've seen Tremors once actually, which is crazy. I should watch it again. Watch once? Uh, That's it? I've only seen it once. Yeah, uh, I liked it a lot. Like I really loved it. Uh, yeah, but I, I have only seen Tremors the one time. I did buy the like Arrow 4K yeah. that came out a while back, uh, and so one day I will rewatch Tremors, and I, it will be glorious. I do want to uh, connect to our Wrath of Khan episode from last week via Tremors because the woman that uh, is the mother of Kirk son who i forget her character is the doctor's wife in tremors that gets pulled in the station wagon and they get pulled down under that's her that's okay that actress cool so that's why tremors was recently because i was watching it and my friend and i were like well wrath of khan we were like why is this one actress really familiar yeah uh we looked so yeah that was i forget i forget her name and i can't find her on the tremors cast list um <laughs> but there it is. Very cool. All right, so that's Tremors. Uh, yeah, my honorable mentions, uh, I included Jaws, uh, which we've talked about already. Halloween, which, uh, you know, Mike D, like you said, I mean, a foundational horror movie. Yeah. I think everybody should watch Halloween. It rules. It's a perfect slasher. Um, at the same time, maybe not, you know, for everyone. Um, I mean, like you said, your friends, didn't. it didn't really land for them. Also, I remember um, showing it to my girlfriend, and she did not like it. Uh, she, yeah. And, and really, she has not liked any of the Halloween movies that we've watched together. But she's got to watch Jamie. Yeah, she she was weirdly invested. She wanted to watch uh, the new ones. Um, and so I think it was like when, when Halloween kills was coming out. Mm. And at that point she had only seen Halloween three um, <laughs> because, because we went to the Roxy to go watch it. And she didn't like that. Oh God. Um, but we watched uh, Halloween. The first one in the Roxy garden, like in the outdoors uh, cinema. And I had a great time, but she thought it was like, eh, she, she thought it was okay. She didn't hate it, but she thought it was like fine. And then we watched Halloween 2018 and she thought it was fine. She, we watched Halloween kill and she didn't like it and then you watch Halloween ends and she didn't like it. <laughs> just, I was like, you know, maybe this franchise just isn't for you. <laughs> maybe just stop trying. <laughs> maybe stop. But she was just like weirdly invested in wanting to watch the Halloween movies but never got around to, uh, like never liked any of them. There's, um, but there's like seven more she can try. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Maybe she'll get really invested in like the, what is it, like the Court of Owls, like yes. you know, <laughs> cults that's... <laughs> Cult of the Thorn or some shit or whatever it is, yes, right? I, yeah. I think Court of Owls is a Batman thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Halloween, uh, it's a perfect slasher movie. It's it's so, so yeah. good. Uh, and I think if you want like a gateway into slashers specifically, I think Halloween is a great one to start with. So yeah, Halloween is an honorable mention for me. Carrie, I also threw in there. Gremlins, I also threw in there. And The Evil Dead, we've talked about, mm-hmm. is also a big one for me. I do want to mention Gremlins. Uh, I think a great gateway horror movie. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a horror comedy. It's, it's goofy. It has that Looney Tunes energy to it that Joe Dante brings. And I remember watching it for the first time. I think we rented it from blockbuster and it was a sleepover at my house and it was me and like five friends and we were like 11 years old yep. and we all watched gremlins together and we had a blast it was a great time so yeah and it's it's the perfect movie for like to get kids into it you know <laughs> yeah yeah i was just uh listening catching up on uh movies that made me which is joe dante's podcast and uh the co-host josh olson was talking about he had his like nieces over or nephew whatever like his nieces and nephews and they're, you know, I think you said there was like eight to 12 or something. And he was like, what movie can I watch with them? They wanted to watch like a, you know, like one of the, 
one of the old people movies. You know, they wanted to like watch a classic kind of thing. Yeah. And he was going to throw on gremlins, but then he remembered that some of them still believe in Santa. <laughs> so he was like, <laughs> so no, nope. can't do that. Eject <laughs> report. Yeah. Just like pull the ripcord. Um, and Joe Dante was like, I've been hearing that complaint for 30 years. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was very funny. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it was really funny. Uh, but yeah, Gremlins is up there for me. And then also another Joe Dante movie that I wanted to briefly mention, uh, The Burbs. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Which I think is, uh, you know, a similarly like a comedy horror movie. Um, uh, so not really scary at all, but uh, has a fantastic Tom Hanks performance. Carrie Fisher's in it. Bruce Dern is super fun in it. You know, you got Corey Feldman and yeah, Tom Hanks as a neighbor who, uh, you know, like these new people move in next door and and they're weird and they don't like them. And so they're trying to figure out what they're doing wrong in the town. And it's super funny. It is truly like a perfect wacky comedy. And I think I made you watch it for Mike Makes Mike Watch at some point. Yes. Yeah. Probably last year, I think. Um, yeah. And yeah, just I, I honestly think about that one bit, which I, I think I have discovered as a reference to something. But uh, when they go up and knock on the door and it's like 669. And when they knock on the door, the nine spins down to be 666. And it's yes. like crack of light, like thunderbolt and like all this shit. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that cinema. I don't understand yeah, what we the, lost. Uh, the moment <laughs> the moment where uh, Tom Hanks' neighbor Rick to come and picks up the bone and they realize that they, that it's a human bone uh, and the camera just kind of starts they start screaming and the camera goes Whoa! like it just goes in and out and in and out like zooming in and zooming out. Yeah. Uh, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the verb is rules. Yeah, great movie. Uh, so yeah, I wanted to mention that for an honor mention as well. But uh, there it is. That's our gateway horror list, Mike. There it is. Do you want to want to run down our top five one more time? Let's run them down. Yeah, what's your uh, top five gateway horror movies, Mike? At number five, I have Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. At number four, Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. Number three, The Mummy, of course, obviously The Mummy. Classic. Uh, the classic. Number two, Poltergeist. And number one, Jaws. All right. And my number five was Paranorman. Uh, my number four was The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Uh, my number three was House. My number two was Little Shop of Horrors. And my number one was Poltergeist, uh, which by the law of averages makes Poltergeist the winner. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm surprised we only had one overlap. Yeah, I, I think we both tried to you know, steer away from some of our like basic picks, I guess. Yeah. Uh, maybe stick those honorable mentions a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're, we're, we know each other. So we knew who would be picking what. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, that's going to be it for, uh, this week's episode of Mike and Mike go to the movies. Mike D where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD film blog on Twitter and Letterboxd. You can also find me at MD film blog.bsky.social on blue sky. You can donate to support the show at our Kofi page, which is Kofi.com slash Mike and Mike pods. You can also donate $50 if you want, make us watch whatever movie you so choose. And we dare you to do it. Yes, absolutely. Give us money and we will talk about stuff. Yes. Uh, and you know, it doesn't have to be a makes Mike watch. It can be like a let's rank topic that you think of Sure, like that. That could be a thing, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. If you have an idea for an episode, just uh, donate 50 bucks and make us do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and if you want merch, you could get merch at our Redbubble, which is mikeandmikepods.redbubble.com. Absolutely. And you can find me online at msmithfilmblog on Twitter, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd, Radio Mike Sandwich on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. I am Mike Smith. That is Mike DeCrecio. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can tweet at us at Mike and Mike Pod. You can find the rest of our podcast on Rapture Press alongside many any other podcast about all kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff. Uh, next week, it's a Mike makes Mike watch. We're back. We're back, baby. Uh, so do you know what we're watching, Mike? Uh, do I have to tell you? I know I'm making you watch October Sky. 
because I remember thinking, even though it's got October in the title, I remember this being a sort of like a school thing and their teachers heavily involved. So like September. It's like, it's like a fall movie. Yeah, yeah. September back to school. Rockets. I don't know. October yes. Sky. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mike D is making me watch Joe Johnston's October Sky, director of Captain America, the first Avenger, uh, my Fuck. beloved MCU movie. <laughs> I, I, never mind. We're not doing it. <laughs> And the Rocketeer, if I remember right. And, and the Rocketeer and uh, Jurassic Park 3. You know, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, uh, right. You know, there's, there's some stuff it's in there. has got some other pedigree. Uh, so yeah, October Sky, I've never seen it. Uh, so Mike D's making me watch that next week. And I am making him watch uh, Greta Gerwig's Lady Bird. Oh. Uh, yeah, catch, catching the, catching the uh, Barbie fever by making Mike D go back and watch the first Greta Gerwig movie that he hasn't seen. Yes. Uh, you, you haven't seen any of her movies. I'm just you? realizing <laughs> now I haven't seen any of her movies yet. Yeah, you haven't seen the three. It's Lady Bird, Little Women, Now Barbie. Have you seen Francis Ha or Mistress America or no. any and 20th century women? I don't think so. Okay, man. There's a whole world. <laughs> I know. There's, up a, to you. <laughs> there's a whole mumble, mumblecore, slow cinema, Kelly Reichardt thing that I, that I, uh, I've I just mean, <laughs> not, not seen at all. I mean, Greta Gerwig, Kelly Reichardt, two very different filmmakers. I'm going to say, say that right now. It was all in, all in my brain. Yes. It all, it all made sense up here. And that's the important thing. In the meantime, the complete works just did an episode on gunpowder milkshake, uh, which uh, featured Michelle Yeoh next week. It's Shang-Chi and the legend of the 10 rings, uh, which, we just recorded and that was a very fun discussion yes we <laughs> i got nothing i did I, I feel like we we talked less about the movie shang chi and more about the state of the marvel universe at large correct it's kind of what happened but uh it should be a fun episode and that is the end of this week's episode of michael might go to the movies we will see you on the other side Bye.